0: Good morning, welcome to this week's edition of Thursday in the Dog House. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. If you're a first-time listener, I want to let you know that my program is devoted to discussing everything and anything that concerns our pet dogs. If you live with a dog and you want to learn more about why dogs do the things they do, I hope you'll listen in every Thursday morning from 10 to 10.30, right here on WNJC, 1360 AM. If you can't listen to the entire program and you want to listen to programs that we've had before, all you have to do is go to my website, www.jerseydogtrainer.com, click on the page marked Rainy's Radio Show and you'll see dozens of links, which are podcasts, from all the shows that I've done for the past year. Click on any subject that interests you, and for 30 minutes, sit back, relax, listen, and learn. I'm really happy to have as my guest today Karen Fazio from Keyport, New Jersey. Karen is also a professional dog trainer. She's a featured pet columnist on NJ.com. She's the creator and host of Pets Impact, an online talk show also on NJ.com and Karen is a pet columnist for Blueprint Quarterly Magazine in Rahway and Westfield, New Jersey. Both Karen and I share the same training philosophy, which is based on the scientific principles of learning theory and behavior. Karen's training methods are always reward based. Karen and I will be talking today about the two most popular dog training TV programs that we see and how they each influence how our clients establish their relationship with their own dogs. Are these shows worthy of watching? Should we go ahead and use the same methods on any dog, regardless of who that dog is or what his sensitivities might be? Could using any of these methods that we see each week create havoc in the lives of our dogs, or can we effectively improve their lives? I hope you stay tuned, because this program should prove very enlightening. Before we talk to Karen, I'd like to let you know what services I offer in the South Jersey area as a professional dog trainer and behavior consultant. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rene Primeza, the Jersey dog trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age, and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609 280 9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609 280 9338. We're on the web at www.JerseyDogTrainer.com. Good morning, Karen. Thanks so much for joining us here in the doghouse again. Hello. Hi. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. It's been a while. It I've has been, been a while. But we it's... were together <laughs> on the radio. was Thanksgiving. Yeah,
0: and on your radio program, That's... too. So we've had discussions before, and uh, we're each familiar with how each other trains. Very seldom do two dog trainers agree on the same training method, (laughs) so we're lucky that way. Karen, very briefly, if you possibly can, when we mention learning theory, I don't think too many people out there would recognize what that means. Can you just give a brief description of what, what is learning theory anyway?
1: Very broad question. When you think about learning theory, what is it? It's consequences for behavior. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Every action has a consequence. The goal for a positive dog trainer is providing positive consequences for behaviors that we're trying to reach and negative punishment for, for behaviors that we're trying to get rid of. Okay. And negative punishment would be the withholding of a reward or the cutting off of something pleasurable. It doesn't mean pain. It doesn't mean hitting your dog, and it doesn't mean frightening your dog.
0: Oh, that's an excellent description. And so the word consequence for most people, I think, would have a negative connotation, but a right. consequence is just something that happens after a dog would choose a behavior, correct? Right.
1: right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I'm in the casino and I'm sitting before, in front of a slot machine, and I put in a couple of quarters, and I pull the handle, and I don't get paid, you know, that's a negative consequence. Correct. If, however, I'm sitting there for 15, 20 minutes, and I finally, you know, pull the handle, and I hit the jackpot, that's a positive consequence. Okay. Consequences don't necessarily have to be negative. I mean, we have positive consequences every day. Uh Uh-huh get in the car and we go to the store and we find beautiful clothes that we buy. That's a positive consequence. Mm -hmm. You know, on the way home, if we're speeding and we get pulled over and we get a ticket, it's a negative consequence. Good for you.
0: These are are great explanations. Wonderful. Thank you. So have you watched either of the two dog training programs that are so popular these days? One is called The Dog Whisperer and the other one is called It's Me or the Dog. Mm -hmm. Have you watched them
1: lately? I always watch dog training shows regardless of whether I agree with their techniques or not because it's always good to be aware of what your clients are watching and reading. There are many times when I'm going to a client and they tell me, I I did everything that I can. I watched a dog whisper and I, I held my dog on the floor just like I saw on TV, but, you know, it didn't work out. And now the dog is, you know, every time I go near it, it's growling at me. You know, in that case, I mean, it, you, you really, want, as a trainer, you really want to be aware of not only what good dog trainers are doing, but what trainers that may be offering information to the general public that may be iffy. Mm-hmm. So if you don't really know how to follow through with those, with those with those kinds of techniques, and let's not forget, some of these shows are very highly edited. You know, so you don't know how long the person has been in the house, mm-hmm. you know, or what happened before. You know, the dog stopped doing the behavior. It's just, it's very dangerous. I mean.
0: And what about It's Me or the Dog? What do you feel about that program? Do you think it's 100% perfect? No. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about what you see on that show.
1: Uh, I I, I think that the majority of the show is wonderful. I, I uh, Victoria is a great dog trainer. That's the British uh, woman. And and most of it's positive, but there are some things that I see that I would not. Now I'm not criticizing, but right. I would say I would not do as a trainer. Mm-hmm. And and some of the things that I've seen on that particular show in, involves flooding, and that's presenting a dog with a fearful stimulus and not allowing it to escape it, and and having it. Give
0: in now are you talking about it's me or the dog or are you yes. talk, you are talking about okay mm-hmm. all right can you can give I, me I, can you give us a little bit of an example of what
1: you saw there? I saw one dog being walked on a leash that had issues with other dogs and they they kept walking and walking and walking together, regardless of how how frustrated and ang- and scared the dog was. Okay. and there was another one where a dog was had like a, a phobia. Of metal grates okay. on a sidewalk, right. and they kept having the dog sit on it and stay there, hmm. and you know they would reward it, but it, you know, you could see the dog was really freaked out over right. this, right? Right. You know, and I, I wouldn't, that's not something that I would do. Okay. I, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of flooding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may work for humans, but I haven't seen it work all that well for dogs. I, I explain flooding
0: to my clients, uh, and I give them the example that if they were afraid to fly, which mm-hmm. many people are, that if they hired me as their psychologist, it would be like I would grab them and put them directly on an airplane and tell the pilot, to fly up about 35,000 feet and tell my client you have to deal with it. That's right. what flooding is. Right. Uh, and rather than taking it one step at a time and say people, you know, dogs love food. People love money. So if I give somebody 20 bucks just for walking out on the tarmac, I may change that person's emotions about walking out on the tarmac. If she goes home with, you know, 60 or $80, right. she may feel differently about it the next time we walk on the tarmac. For each increment of brave behavior, very, very slowly, we can get a person over its fears just like we can get a dog over its fears. It doesn't have to happen in one fell swoop.
1: But you know what the problem is, renee is that we're a society of instant gratification.
0: Oh, I think you're right. You know,
1: we, You know, we put the TV on and we got that remote, ma'am, we're, we're at the TV, we got the station we want in two seconds. Mm-hmm. We want something... That we see on the internet, a certain pair of shoes or a pocketbook, we can have it overnighted to our house. Mm -hmm. Everything is instant gratification. We've got iPods and iPhones and Blackberries and everything to keep us up to date on information that's happening today in an instant. Yeah, get text messages from news bureaus to keep us aware of everything that's going on. I mean, we are as a society are so technologically advanced, and we're so used to being reinforced immediately. That when we see a dog that's suffering or has issues, the owners get incredibly frustrated because it takes time. And, you know, if you're throwing your dog on the ground in front of another dog and making it submit that's instant satisfaction. To the human. for that day. To
0: the human, not to the dog.
1: Guess what? It may not work tomorrow, and now the dog may even be more aggressive. Not only that, but if there was children involved, if there were children standing around or elderly people, guess what? Now that's, all that group starts to become part of that fearful experience that mm-hmm. that dog had. Right. So these kinds of techniques are very, very dangerous.
0: I want to remind everybody that you're listening to Thursday in the Dog House on WNJC, 1360 AM. And we're talking this morning with Karen Fazio about two dog training TV shows, The Dog Whisperer and It's Me or the Dog. Karen, how about when the dog whisperer, Cesar Milan says to people, the three most important things in a dog's life is exercise, discipline, and affection. How do you feel about that?
1: You know, I kind of agree with that, but the discipline, it's a little bit of a harsh word. Mm -hmm. Discipline is, I mean, structure. You know, exercise is very important. Right. But, but you know what, over-exercising a dog can have devastating consequences as well. Correct. Right. Especially if it's a young puppy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people say, "Well, I, I take my puppy out for a four-mile run." <laughs> really? Oh, Would take a nine-year-old child and do that? Yeah, really. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, very general, vague descriptions of what a dog needs, right. and they leave a lot of room for interpretation yeah i have
0: i have clients who will tell me that they're big fans of the dog whisperer and they're also big fans of it's me or the dog they'll watch both of them but they don't kind of get it that they're very different However, I had a client recently tell me, I really love watching the dog whisperer, and I think he's fabulous, but I don't use all of his methods because he only works with really problem dogs, and he has to do the things he does with those problem dogs. My dog's not a big problem like that. What would you tell that client?
1: Let me tell you, if your dog's not a big problem like that and you use some of those techniques and you don't know what you're doing, it's going to be a big problem like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. But, I mean, do you, I mean, we work with problem dogs. We don't have to pin a dog down or put our fingers in his neck and and threaten the dog in order to make him behave.
1: Let me tell you something, Reanie, and I'll be honest. Before I became a positive trainer, I was just like a Caesar Milan. Okay. I used very similar techniques as he did. I used prong collars, choke collars, aversive Treatment, and let me tell you something. It doesn't work. And it's not because it doesn't work because the trainer is not good. It doesn't work because the owners can't follow through. And it's miserable. It's a miserable experience for the dog. Mm -hmm. You know, when I crossed over to positive training, at the same time, I also started to get very much involved in fearful and aggressive dogs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe it's some sort of guilt I have from the past. But still <laughs> you know, fear aggressive and, and, you know, dominant aggressive and all these kinds of, you know, freakish behaviors, you know. But I got to tell you, I have tremendous success with positive training and desensitization, which is, you know, slowly introducing a dog to something that's fearful while having it experience pleasure, Mm -hmm. you know, um, those kinds of things. I have never, ever had to use physical punishment, a prong collar, a shock collar, or any of those types of things. I have not had to throw a dog on the floor to dominate it. In fact, I I never let a dog, I never force a dog to do anything it doesn't want to do. Right, right. I never do.
0: Right. You know? We don't have to, no matter who the dog is. Don't have to. Don't
1: have to. That's not how we learn.
0: Let me ask you a question and um this is this is one thing that really bothers me about both of these programs. When a dog has serious issues, and we can talk like aggression, major separation anxiety, you work a lot with fear and shyness and things like that. Have you ever heard either of these trainers ask the owner um, to take their dog to the vet for a complete wellness check?
1: No, and that's really important. (laughs) It's very important. Because there are a lot of medical medical causes of fear and aggression. There are a, a, a tremendous amount of diseases and, and, and neurological disorders and metabolic disorders that can cause overnight changes in your dog's behavior and sometimes just subtle changes over time. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, that's very important. But you know what? They did say that on the show, and half of these dogs went to the vet. Then that's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a so good point. For That's a good point. Or it might have, you know, uh, Cushing's disease or something like that, that, you know, when the dog starts to undergo treatment, mm-hmm. you know, the aggression or the fear or whatever the dog is suffering at the time, you know, Mm -hmm. it it improves with the treatment of the the medication that the dog is on.
0: I got a call last night from a gentleman who has a four-year-old intact, meaning not neutered, male boxer who's been very, very good for his whole life. His behavior's been exemplary. He's not had any kind of behavior problem, no aggression. And suddenly, for the last two weeks, the dog has been doing a lot of growling and making a lot of threats threatening displays toward strangers. And so, you know, his friends and also his vet said that maybe he's showing some dominance behavior. And that really made my hackles go up. I could feel the hair on my, the back of my neck stand up.
1: You know, I just wish that somebody would would describe what dominance is. And I'll do it for you, Rena. Okay. i for your audience, okay? All right. A dominant dog doesn't growl. A dominant dog doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. A dominant dog is usually friendly to strangers and great with kids, and gets along with other dogs. Right. Dominant dogs are confident dogs, and they uh, don't have many issues. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a big far cry from dominant aggressive or fearful dominant. That's that's describing the body posture of the dog. Mm-hmm. It's not the personality of the dog, mm. and this is where. This is where things start to get lost and they get misinterpreted. And I hear this being said all the time on the dog whisperer. The dog's dominant. The dog jumped up to greet me and look at my face, that's dominant. No, it's not. It's how dogs greet each other. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. lick each other's lips. Right. You know, they, they do that kind of thing. It doesn't mean that your dog is dominant. When you use terms like that, all of a sudden now the owner feels they have to prove something. They have to win.
0: Yes, That's it's all about winning and this competition. Very, very dangerous. Yeah, it is. Very dangerous and very, very, very very, very, very destructive to the relationship between the dog and its owners. Absolutely. Very destructive. Okay, so I actually found out some very good news last night on one of my email discussion lists. Somebody put a link to an interview that uh, Dr. Ian Dunbar had with Cesar Milan and Dr. Oh wow really Yes absolutely and it's uh you can read about it on www.dogstardaily Dr. Ian Dunbar, as you and I both know, is really responsible for the positive movement that's been happening over the last 25 or 30 years um, because of him uh, trying to, pr- uh, you know, promote positive training methods. He's a veterinary behaviorist, and he's he actually was the founder of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, which we're both um, very active members of. Mm-hmm. Caesar Milan has written a new book and it's called Caesar's Rules. And so he actually has interviewed in his for his book many different types of trainers who use different methods, a lot of different methods than he uses. So mm-hmm. one of his main experts in his book is Dr. Ann Dunbar. And Karen, you'll really love the interview. It's, oh, it's, I gotta it's, see it. And and so I'm going to actually buy this book because I definitely want to see and and read about what they're saying. Now the problem is and dr dunbar and and some of the comments that went on the dog star daily blog is that caesar has you know they filmed these shows way in advance so Mm -hmm. all the negative the negative types of shows that we may be seeing on the dog whisper are still going to be shown until these new ideas that he's now willing to promote
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: come about which is unfortunate
1: You know what, you know, you you gotta give Caesar credit because I I have seen some of his episodes where he started to use food as a reward. He did a really good episode and it really was a great example of positive reinforcement where a dog was afraid of a tractor. Okay. It was a tractor or it was some sort of... Farm machinery? Yeah, it was a, it was machinery of some sort. There was a tractor, or it was a generator, or something like that. And the dog was terrified of it. Right. And you know, he brought the dog around. He didn't force the dog to, with the leash or anything to be near the tractor. But when the dog did approach the tractor, he gave him some wonderful little treats. Okay. And after, after, I mean, it was like one episode. Hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't know if this took several episodes to do. I would imagine that it did.
0: Sure. Several time several weeks. To right.
1: The dog. But, you know, he used a very, very nice treatment, a very good example of desensitization and classical conditioning. And Mm -hmm. after a time, the dog was fine, Mm -hmm. you know, with the tractor. And, you know, I would like to see him do more of that because, you know, he really is a very good reader of body language and stuff. He he really does have some good talent there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this old way of training is gone. You know, the William Kohler... Is gone.
0: Well, it's gone. It should be gone, but it's not. Let's see. I mean, oh. you know, people are still, you know, I still have puppy pet parents who are telling me that they're dragging their puppy over to, you know, a potty puddle and putting their dog's noses in their poop. So it is definitely not gone.
1: I know, but you know, if you ask those same people, are you smacking your kid in the head when he fails a math exam?
0: Yeah. Really? Or you know, have you done that with your baby when your baby was in diapers? Have you taken the diaper off the baby and rubbed your baby's nose in it? Exactly. I mean, they I mean, turn I mean, their nose up and lady, they say, like,
1: "Wow, what are you crazy lady?"
0: Yeah. You but, know, but, so they do, but there's no
1: difference between correct you know, training a puppy and, and,
0: and a baby, a child, and a baby or a toddler. You know, you're still
1: working with a mammalian brain.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: No, it brains are very similar. Now what about oh. the kid
0: factor, Karen? When, when, even with me and the dog, I mean, suppose children, I mean, these, these shows, well, I know, Caesar uh, Cesar Milan comes on about eight o'clock, I think, and a lot of kids are up that time, and it's me or the dog, I believe, is on at nine o'clock. Sure, kids don't go to bed early like they did when I was a kid. I used to have to go to bed like at seven o'clock. Now they're up till eleven and twelve o'clock at night, these kids. So they're watching TV all the time. So, to me, you know the kid factor is very important. What do you think? How do you think kids are affected when they see shows like this? Do you think that they maybe they could try things on their own dogs that maybe oh, they shouldn't? You know,
1: I don't feel that any child should should watch a show that deals with working with an animal, you know, and training an animal without parental supervision. Mm-hmm. Now that's a dangerous thing because if the parents are all for. Positive punishment, and the child is going to be also positive punishment. Mm. I mean, you only have to look at, at children who are raised by being hit and spanked. You know, they have problems in school, they have self esteem issues, they hang out with the wrong crowd. I mean, there are long term effects. You know, so I mean, I that's I mean, we wouldn't let a kid watch a show of how to train lions, mm-hmm. Mom, and then take them to a zoo and say, okay, go
0: train, the, train the, the lions.
1: <laughs> It's common sense. And, you know, I'm actually I'm writing a book right now that kind of explains a little bit about that. Really? Oh, yeah. Good we, for you. We, you. we, dogs come up to us, oh, we got to pet it. But would you pet a bear?
0: Mm-hmm. No.
1: We pet a bear in the woods if you just saw a stray bear or, or even a stray cat for that matter? Right. No. Mm-hmm. But for some reason we have this thing with dogs that, oh, they have to be friendly. They have to, you know, It. and, you know, you got, it, you got to give the human race credit. I mean, you know, we raise dogs to be to be part of our life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's the only carnivore we have ever successfully domesticated, ever. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it does. You know, yes, it
1: does. So, but at the same token, we can't expect an animal to just love everybody it meets, and this is dangerous for kids. You know, especially if they're going to try these little techniques when when their parents aren't around, like like holding down Rover on the floor.
0: Right. And a lot of times, Karen, when I, you know, I'll get a call and people will tell me over the phone that they've tried methods that they've seen on TV and now all of a sudden their dog is biting them. And when I go into the home and there's like a teenager, especially boys, I see such a a negative response from that child to the dog because now the child feels like he has to dominate the dog.
1: Right. Not only that, but he has to win.
0: Yeah. What is it that they think they're
1: winning? What do you think know. that idea is? I don't know, but you know what it is? I think the most dangerous thing is, is that people with, the, with dogs with fear aggressive behavior and dominant aggressive behavior, which is quite rare, yeah. <laughs> dominant aggressive behavior is not all that popular. Right. I mean, it doesn't really happen that often. Mm-hmm. I've maybe had in six years of doing professional dog training, I had one case that even came close to a dominant aggressive case and it was more of a phobic right. situation. Right. So, you know, it's it's a very rare thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have kids who probably are competing for their parents' attention. And if there's more siblings in the house and they're competing with their siblings, and now you got this dog who everybody's doting attention on, and, you know, if they're going to lose, then that even makes them even lower. And it, it's dangerous. Your dog should be your partner. He should be your friend. You don't have to win. So you know? do you? So and I think it just it just capitalizes on people who have issues already. Like as I was starting the, the phrase here, um, owners that have these issues are already feeling bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. They're already feeling like they're failing in some way because everything that they tried doesn't work. Right. Right. So you know if they feel that they can win, you know by getting their dog to to behave. And sometimes being forceful in winning, and mm-hmm. it 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 gives them some sort of sense of accomplishment right, but you can you can succeed, let's not say win, but you you could succeed in altering your dog's behavior by doing other things we that's don't an, that's, a, that's an excellent anymore.
0: phrase, Karen. I really like that phrase that you can succeed. It's not that you're winning or losing. Please. you want to set both you and your dog up for success, not failure absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. These are great things that you're saying, Karen, and I really uh, appreciate all your good knowledge. Oh,
1: you're welcome. <laughs> um, with, the,
0: with the two minutes that we have remaining, tell everybody about your your NewJersey.com radio show and your the blog that you have. Let everybody know where they can um, get more information directly from you.
1: Okay. Well, you could do is you could go to NJ.com slash pets, and that's the Pets blog on NJ com and that covers the entire state. And even if you're out of state you can you can reach that. Okay. Um and if you look to the left on that page you'll see my name mm-hmm. as the trainer. And if you click on that, it'll bring up all of the the blogs that I have written as well as interviews that I've conducted. And I just recently conducted an interview with Dr. Ian Dunbar. Right, good. Nice. And, yeah, and we discuss his 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 changes in dog training and his his touring that he's doing around the United States. And I also just recently inter- interviewed Tracy Hotchner, and she is the author of the Dog Bible and the Cat Bible. Oh, interesting. Also, host of Dog Talk and Cat Chat. Wonderful. Um, and we talk about nutrition. And I have interviews with wellness, uh, the Dr. Moser from wellness. Uh, he's a veterinary nutritionist and we discuss nutrition. And mm-hmm. I had Dr., um Dr. Dodman from TOS and we discuss obsessive-compulsive behaviors. Yeah, Dr. Dodman,
0: I'm a huge fan of him. Um, Oh, me too. Yeah, he's great, too. And he and Dr. Uh, Ian Dunbar work very closely together, and they do a lot of seminars together. So if you see any books that are written by Dr. Ian Dunbar or Dr. Dodner, get them, because they're very, very good books.
1: Well, when you go to the blogs, you'll see that there's links to their website. Good. And, uh, their book, their products and events. So, you know, you can easily navigate away from the site Mm -hmm. and and take a look at what they've done in the past and what they're offering and you can, you can purchase those items.
0: Karen, I really have to thank you very much for being a guest here today. I think our conversation was really interesting. Oh, it was great. And I hope that there are, we have a lot of listeners who will take what we say, uh, seriously. And if they're going to watch these TV trainers, they really need to watch them with a grain of salt. And if they are having any problem with their dog to contact a professional trainer who works with positive reinforcement
1: absolutely i agree 100 percent with you
0: Rainy. karen i hope you have a wonderful day and we'll be in touch very soon and maybe we can do something like this again
1: okay terrific i'll talk to you soon bye-bye now
0: (laughs) whoops that's my cue that I need to tell everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Thursday in the Dog House today on WNJC, 1360 AM. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about the TV training dog shows. Uh, I also will encourage you to tune in again next week. Uh, on Thursday from 10 to 1030 and I will be talking to a local dog trainer Phil Guida who is very heavily involved with German Shepherd Rescue so we'll talk to him about the organization and as we normally do we'll talk to him about the breed of the German Shepherd dog okay so I hope you have a great day talk to you later!